Welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I'm Andrew Weaver. Uh, Scott is out of town today. So instead, I got a friend of mine, Isaac uh, Walsh. Nailed it. He's a, he's a guy. It's true. I am an adult. He's Nailed. a f- famous Hollywood writer. That's not, that is very inaccurate. And I'm a world-renowned comedian, so it's <laughs> it's kind of inevitable that we'd be <laughs> we'd be sitting across from each other today. It's true. Um, now I'm gonna shoot straight with you. Normally, when I when I do one of these, I'll show you here. I've got like two or three pages of notes, mm-hmm. things to talk about. Uh, because I haven't seen you in so long, I wrote less than half of a page. <laughs> <laughs> And so to uh, to go through um, the format, I guess, of how we usually do this, uh, we usually start with like the news. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing I wrote down was that Titan Comics is bringing out a new Conan comic and that it's supposed to be closer to the source material. And uh, Titan is a European company, so... Ideally, they're not hindered by American ideals. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever talked about it on here, but I really don't care. Uh, what was your feeling on the newest uh, Conan film? That uh, Oh, the, what was it, 2011 uh-huh. or so? Uh, it's boring. Yeah, one great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they try to swindle you, too, because it's like the first five minutes of the movie, and they're like, booby booby and you're like <laughs> oh it's a conan movie because there's boobs in it and then it, it becomes like the most boring movie in the world after that yeah it's it, it's just not they have nobody's ever really done a good job with it except for the well, i mean the, the, original. the first one was yeah good the original one and like i don't think it's a perfect depiction of like what conan was in the writing but i think that um it was true to the spirit of the thing that happens a lot. Yeah. That happens a lot. Do you see the new Dune trailer? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, that's. I suppose that's news. That looks real good. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they portray Fade. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think he's one of the only good things from the 80s movie was having Sting play yeah. him. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know anything else that Sting has done as far as acting, but that was like a perfect casting. Seeing the bl- how they he decided to do like black and white for Getty Prime though, and that's why like their skin is that color was pretty. That was pretty. Yeah, and I think there's some implication there too of uh, like messing with genes, mm-hmm. you know. And there was one shot in the trailer. It was real quick. The Fenrith is that her name? Huh. The the woman. What's her name? Leo Sadu's character. What's her name? It's not Fenrith. What is it? Who? In the trailer, Leia Sadu's character. Wait, who's she? She's the uh, Bene Gesserit that was, that's with Fade Rotha. What's her name? I thought it was Fenrith. I don't know. In the book, she's remember she like cons him and gets convinced like she gets pregnant because of his off of him. She like seduces him. I don't remember that. Um, it's been a while since I've read. Because, yeah, because the whole thing is, like, him and uh, Paul are, like, both from this 
select breeding line, but yeah. they're both male. So the Bene Gesserit want a female. So they're like, you go get him, seduce mm-hmm. him. So they send her there. And there's one oh, shot. Is this their, was this the Bene Gesserit plan, like mm-hmm. the backup, because Jessica didn't do what she was supposed to do? Yes. Yeah. And so in the in the trailer, there's one shot of like Fade leaning in to kiss her. And I was like, Dernis! Because it's like a B story in the book, so I just imagine they'd cut it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I don't remember it, I think, Mm -hmm. says a lot. Yeah, I'm excited, though. It's like everything about what Denis Villeneuve did with Blade Runner 2049, when they announced that he was doing Dune, I was like, okay, let's see. And now I'm like, after, you know, the first one, I've watched that movie a ton, but like, I'm really excited about the second one. Yeah, 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 I'm excited for it. There it is. <laughs> casual. This is very casual. All right. So uh, last week, Scott and I talked a little bit about Jedi Survivor. came out recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also kind of news. Yep. Um, still kind of in the news that technically, on the technical side, uh, people have been pretty upset about it. Oh, the PC um, release, right? Uh, the guy that I was listening to today about it, uh, this interview was, or I mean, this little conversation was published like a few days ago, but he played it on PS5 and okay. he was saying uh, he was having issues with it. Like graphically, it would like, it would just like. I haven't played it yet because it's expensive. Uh, yeah, isn't it like $70? Yeah. Yeah. And I only had money for one game in the in s- this past month, and that mm. game comes out on Friday, and it's The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm very oh, excited yeah. about. Um, but yeah, I have not heard any of the. Apparently, the there's been some big leaks or something. With oh that. yeah, and Nintendo the nin- the ninjas the Nintendo lawyer ninjas are everywhere. I mean, they there was a guy I don't even remember what the leak was. I think it was Pokemon Violet when that came out who had, like, leaked some information, Hmm. um, not even from obtaining an early copy. It was like he got the information from somebody on the inside and leaked it out. And they fined him $200,000. And then, uh, like, straight up. And then it was like, I don't, I gotta, people listening, look it up, because I'm probably probably wrong. But it was something like a year in prison, and then on top of that, they continued and pushed. And it's like, it was upwards of twelve million that he has to pay over the rest of his life, and it was all over. No, you're not talking about the Bowser guy, are you? It might be him. Yeah, the like hacker dude, Gary for, like, Bowser, ROMs or something, and <laughs> he owes like thirty percent of his salary for the rest of his life to Nintendo. It might be that guy. What do they do with that money? I don't know, dude. <laughs> they probably put it. It's like a. It's like a Squid Game pig jar. They just like hang from the ceiling <laughs> over the prison. Yeah, cash it, it for pennies and then just uh Nintendo's terrifying. Jar. Like their lawyers are terrifying. They're fucking there's something, man. But dude, I'm not gonna lie. I am so excited about Zelda on Friday. Like, so excited. Hmm. I cannot wait. Very, very excited. But yeah, I just think like Jedi Survivor, I watched some let's play, like people doing playthroughs, yeah. and uh it looks fun. 
I mean, I did. Well, that's the thing is like it's been reviewed pretty well, mm-hmm. but then like it's the technical side that's holding it back. Mm-hmm. What was that game that just dropped? That's a hot, hot garbage. Redfall. Oh yeah, Redfall. Oh. Just yikes. Well, <laughs> that one's kind of. On the one hand, like it's a good studio, but they had been, you know or uh, acquired or whatever mm-hmm. by Xbox. And so this was supposed to be one of their like Xbox Game Pass flagship type games. And it just totally shit the bed. Well, it's because it's first, it's first of all, it's arcane, right? They're known for like Dishonored. Yeah. First and foremost. This is, and didn't they do that? Well, just here, let me just say something. Make Dishonored a live service game. Yeah, that's true. That's a bad idea. It's just a bad yeah, idea. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And that's what they're that's the problem is too is all these companies are moving to live service yeah. models and, and it it's just doesn't like work. Good companies too. That and they're just fucking it up. Mm-hmm. Like and part of that is it's not the devs fault most of the time. It's the it's the financial backers, you know. So like Tencent will buy more of a company than you're comfortable with and all of a sudden a franchise that you were deeply in love with has to put a game out well before it's ready to come out and it gets dumpstered online and you're playing it and you're like, well, the core gameplay loop is good. It's just the fact that it's like a live service and I got to have to, I got to have like connection to other people and shit, you know? And Xbox, I mean, they're like, their original IP or their owned IP, like what do they have this year? Starfield, that's like it, which for all intents and purposes, looks like... Yeah, that's Bethesda, right? Yeah. So it's going to come out bad. Yeah, and it just <laughs> looks like a shitty space Fallout game is what it looks like. It doesn't look What was the good. other one that was like shitty space Fallout? Came out a few years ago. No Man's Sky? No. That was that actually turned into a really good game. I think it was a Bethesda game. Was it? Yeah. Shitty space Fallout. I'm trying to think. Um, well, they released a live service Fallout, which was garbage. Yeah, but I've heard that more recently, and this is the same thing with, like, just about every live service game, that, like, three or four years after it's been out, it's actually a pretty good game. So I've heard that it's actually a pretty good game now. People tell me that, like, Elder Scrolls Online is good now. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I got to touch for, like, 300 hours of shit content. Well, that's an MMO. I don't want to touch it. I know. Like, I'm not an MMO guy. <laughs> well, that's... I don't. I just don't... Like, none of that stuff appeals to me. And where Xbox is going, like, Game Pass is great, but at the same time... You know what's kind of funny about that? I had this <coughs> basically the same conversation where I was like, uh, I don't like MMOs. MMOs aren't for me. Like, the only one I ever really got into was Star Wars The Old Republic. And I got into it because of the storylines of each class or whatever. And I was trying to tell someone that, and this dude was like, well, The Old Republic is just... The, it's the exact same as uh, World of Warcraft. And I was like... Oh, Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. It's not because Star Wars. It's first off, it's Star Wars. Okay. Second. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you a question, yeah. right? Kathleen Kennedy's been talking a lot about the new Ray films. She right? won't shut up. The new trilogy. Bro, she just right? needs to shut up. <laughs> and she's been talking about the new trilogy, right? And uh I mean I've seen some stuff like they've got Skeleton Crew with Jude Law coming Hold out. On. That looks decent. They're saying that the Ray thing is a whole trilogy now. Oh, yeah, there's three. They had just, they announced three movies, right? It was uh-huh. the Filoni one yep. to wrap up Mandoverse, yep. uh, Avengers Mandoverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they said, we're doing a Ray movie. <laughs> yep. And then what was the third one? Um, the third one, 
Was it the one Taika was doing? I think it's the one Taika was doing. No, it was the origin of the Jedi one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, James yeah. Mangold. James Mangold, yeah. Which will be good. James Mangold's great. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. If, but if they let him make the movie. Yeah, that's the problem. Because th- you hear about like... We'll see how Indiana Jones is, but James Mangold's Have you ever looked director. into what happened with Solo? Oh, yeah. How they were like, we need three camera, we need three camera angles of every single shot so that we can edit the movie however we want. Yeah. Is that not insane? It checks out, though. That checks out. When it, with IP like that. Fucking crazy. It is wild. The thing with this new, they just, she just announced this, like, Ray thing, though. And then it's, like, her 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, like, rebuilding the Jedi Order. Yeah. But nobody wants that. No. No. Nobody. I watch Rise of Skywalker now. You know what everyone wanted? Was to see Luke rebuild the Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wanted to see that. That is logically what happened next. (laughs) So. Also, all of Star Wars is, (laughs) is a story about, like, sons and fathers and grandfathers. True. So. This story should have been about Luke's son, right? The sequel trilogy should have been about Luke's son. Or if you want to be Disney and fucking princify it, princessify it, give him a daughter and be like, oh, it's well, different Well, that's what now. they did. That's what Jade, right? That's what they did. In the, that's what they did in the books back in the day. It's Jade. Yeah. Yeah, but I think for like what I would have loved to see in the new in the original trilogy or the new trilogy and what i thought i was getting into when the force awakens came out because i actually really liked the force awakens when it came out i was like okay here we go i'm gonna hear you out but i do have like this has like more recently come to the forefront of my mind but uh want me to continue yeah you can go okay so when that first came out and i watched and i saw it i was like okay that was really fun and i was prepared for uh finn to be like a Jedi, a Jedi, since he handles the lightsaber more than Ray does in the first and movie. He doesn't just handle it, but like holds his own with it until because he's. But then you're like, okay, in the next one, is he gonna like find out he's more sensitive, and then like he kind of becomes like the Jedi in this. No, he he becomes the joke. <laughs> he does, which is crazy. <laughs> and then in the Last Jedi, right? What would have been the only way for that character to end well at that point? would have been for him to actually die when he sacrifices himself at that battle on the dusty red planet. I don't even remember what it's called. But well, he does Pseudo Hoth? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't die. And that was the biggest problem that I had. With do you think that that was a Ryan Johnson creative decision, or do you think that that was a mandate from on top? It was probably a mandate from on top. They, they saw what he was doing and was like, no, you can't kill him. Yeah, he can't die. He has to be in the third movie. Because to me, one my biggest problem with those, with all three of them in retrospect, is that there's no stakes. I no. never once felt like any of their new group was ever in actually real danger. Now, as soon as Han Solo died, I was like, oh, they're going to kill all the old characters off. Before this is over, we're going to lose Leia, we're going to go with Luke, we're going to lose all of them. Yeah, because they just have to. They treated them like weeds in the garden. Just pull them out. Well, throw they them away. got lucky because Carrie Fisher died during filming. God, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, princess of my heart. I watched a. Uh, it was like a forty-minute compilation of her interviews. God, man, she was funny. Yeah, she was. She was really, really, really good in that role too. And uh, I wonder what would have happened. Nah, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to go down that. It makes me sad. 
was just gonna be like, what would have happened if she had, if we if she would have pushed back on any of the decisions at that point or no? I doubt it. <laughs> okay, so tell me what you're gonna say when I said the Force Awakens. You know, when I watched it for the first time, I actually really liked it, and you got all like. Oh, Kylo Ren and Rey were absolutely supposed to be twins. Oh yeah, yeah, it felt like that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in the Last Jedi, when they have that whole thing where they're like feeling each other, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, okay." And Separated then in the at last birth. movie, whenever they're like, "Oh, you're a diode in the voice. Yeah. And you're like, "What the? Don't fucking introduce a new idea in your last fucking movie, you idiots." Yeah, honestly, if they had made them twins, uh, it would have made them fighting over the lightsaber make sense. Mm-hmm. It would have made like it would have solved so many issues, yeah. right? With like. Why is Ray the one who gets Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber? Whenever Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, like in the original trilogy, has significance. Like it's representative of Anakin's legacy as a Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. And that gets handed down to Luke. And so now that's Luke's burden to bear. Yep. And then uh, Luke goes into the fight. I mean, I've talked about this in the podcast before. I've, oh, okay. I've like ranted about <laughs> okay, this. Okay, yeah. So let me. Th- so what hap- What would have happened if. The reason why Luke chucks that lightsaber in The Last Jedi is because... That was stupid fucking writing. That's all that was. Okay, but it's because he he didn't want to train her because he knew. He knew. He knew what? That they were twins. (sighs) No, like, they could have solved a lot, right? They could have fixed it. I feel like... If the whole third movie... At that point, there's no point for him to, like, hide who she is from her, you know? That's true, yeah. Like, and that revelation coming from Luke, who for th- every other movie has only ever received revelations from other people. Yeah. Like, it it shows you that he is, like, fully transitioned to, like, master. So what if he had done that at the end of The Last Jedi, if he had revealed to her the truth at the end of The Last and Jedi? And not pooped himself to death? <laughs> no, and then really stressed himself out on that rock again. <laughs> and, <sighs> and died. Um, cause I mean, that scene was badass. I'm not going to lie. When he like force projects himself there and that, that was, that was, I disagree. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm sure I, uh, what else you got? What else you got? I disagree. We could rant um, about the failures of the new trilogy. Well, I just, uh, dude, look at the writing in empire and compare it to last Jedi. Right. Dude. Andor was fire though. Andor was fire. Andor was real good. People Best. Best Star Wars thing to me since Rogue One. And it one. got totally slept on because of how hard Disney has <laughs> fucked Star Wars. Tony Gilroy crushed it. I'm excited they're doing another season. Yeah. Because he he has a he knows where he's going with it. Yeah. And he was like, the next season, it's three days before Rogue One is when it's going to stop. And that's where. Perfect. And I was like, great. And Rogue One, honestly, also Tony Gilroy, that was before Andor. I think the best Star Wars thing. How do that you we've feel about? Um, I've heard this argument against Andor a lot, where people will say it doesn't feel like Star Wars. There's nothing like epic or grandiose about it. There's no Jedi or lightsabers. What do you think about that? Because uh, they will like bring that up as a hard sticking point for them. That's that's wild. That's a wild take to me because the thing about what feels like Star Wars is it's there's so many different you could say oh it's it's lightsabers. It's like okay, well what about like 
all of like I'm trying to th- I'm thinking back like one of my favorite games on GameCube was Star Wars Bounty Hunter, right? And you're just yeah. that game was dope. Yeah. I love that game. There's no lightsabers in that game. So is that game not Star Wars? If I play Kotor and I go full blaster path and I choose not to take a lightsaber, does that mean that I'm it's not no lightsabers that you uh, you don't appreciate optimization whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> but the point is it's like what people the problem that we have and this is I'm about to open a whole can of worms. This is a cross pop culture widespread. Is everybody gets mad at things when they get when they're when they're forced to look back at the thing that they had whatever their version of the thing was like Pokemon, right? I loved Pokemon when I was a kid. I used to watch that show all the time. I had Pokemon cards, all that stuff. Well, my son wants to like talk about Pokemon and stuff and like I'll play the new game with them and I'm like, "How many fucking Pokemon are we going to have here, guys?" Just like they don't have normal names anymore. No, and they're fucking crazy. And I'm like, "Oh, man, this isn't as good as the Pokemon I had when I was a kid, right?" Well, yeah, cuz their names made sense. Well, no. <laughs> That you can amplify that. That's the uh, same thing. Big with Star guy Wars. sleeping, Snorlax. That's yeah. That's true. That's Makes true. sense. It does. Yeah. No, big you're right. fiery lizard guy with wings, Charizard. No, you're right. You're right. But but let me let me let me keep going. With Star Wars, people do that as like, oh, that's not my Star Wars, and it's like, well, yeah, it fucking is. Like, you don't have to like it, but it's Star Wars. Like, it is. There are a lot of people that like love Mando, and some of it's fun i think it's fun it's not fun anymore <laughs> it's not fun for you it's not fun anymore <clears throat> but like andor andor is great yeah. and the reason why andor is great is because there is a there is a seriousness that only george lucas treated the material with that tony gilroy treated it with with andor yeah um i would agree with that and that's why it's so good I mean, you look at the original trilogy, It's there's not a ton of humor in there. Mm-mm. And where it does start to come through, you're kind of like, I don't know if that was necessary, you know? Right. And then by the time you get to, like, Attack of the Clones, you you just full-on have, like, dad puns. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what has happened? <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> what but has happened <coughs> to the writing? And that's the thing. It's like, Tony Gilroy... But then... Revenge of the Sith, he gets serious again. Oh, yeah. And, and But that's the thing with George Lucas is, like, you know, he'll have things where it'll be, like, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 are kind of the comedic relief. Yeah, or, or Luke goes, I was born here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die here, you know? Convenient. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's all these different uh, ways that he did it, but it was the tone was set. And then... Phantom Menace, even Phantom Menace, like, starts real serious. And then within, like, 20 minutes, we got Jar Jar Binks. But it's very serious. It's like a trade embargo. Do you know what's crazy is people have come around on Phantom Menace. I've come around on Phantom Menace. Like, I, that's what Scott and I were talking about the whenever, because we've been watching through the movies, right? So technically for this episode, we should have watched uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. So, like, two episodes ago, we were talking about Phantom Menace, and I was like, honestly holds up like mm-hmm. maybe it's not a perfect star wars movie but it's still a very good like science fiction movie yeah it well it that fight at the end too is so good yeah it is so good the duel of the fates yeah, yeah that fight is amazing and but even the way it opens <coughs> up with like they sent jedi 
okay, get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. And then like the guns in the in the hangar like mm-hmm. turn and they're like, oh fuck, get the shields up, boom, dead, they're yep. out. Yep. And then you've got the the. Uh, and it was all practical. Yeah. Like most of that stuff in Phantom Menace was practical. When he melts the door with the lightsaber. Oh, that's a cool scene. Yeah, and the droid the droidicas come up. That's so good. So good. Talking about melting doors with lightsabers. You would ask me what I thought of Mandalorian season three. <laughs> just in general, I know you're not a Mando fan. I just don't get why all the why all the screenwriter, you know. I don't get why the guild waited to be like, hey, let's make it so that you can't stick AI, you can't use AI to write scripts until like after they have already clearly been doing it with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have not. Uh, but it is, that's the problem is you've talked about it. It's the mandate, right? Like there's, when I look down the barrel of like what they're coming out with, with Star Wars, like Skeleton Crew with Jude Law, that could be good. I don't know. Uh, sounds I, interesting. Dude, I have <coughs> no interest in it. The, the Acolyte, the one Lee Jung Jae's from, from Squid Games in, that looks, sounds, uh, that sounds interesting. Who's the showrunner for that one? Which one? Acolyte. I don't remember. Oh, is Who that, is it? was that not Harvey Weinstein's personal assistant? Is it? That'd be really weird. <laughs> is it? Is it for real? Look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. For the acolyte? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, Disney. Yep. That's Kathleen Kennedy approved. <laughs> now, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I would like to, at some point, um, work for Disney. So, um. Anything that I say in this podcast is being forced against my will to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I I don't know, dude. It's like everything that is that Disney's doing right now is like scrambling. William Goldman said it the best. Uh, He said, like, no, in Hollywood, like nobody knows what's going to work and nobody doesn't. Nobody nobody knows what's going to work and nobody knows what's not going to work. So they just make everything and then see what sticks. But the problem is when something sticks, they think, oh, there's the formula. And then they make a thousand of those. But only one of them succeeded. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder I wonder how the also, Super Mario Brothers movie is going to affect that. A lot. I mean, I, li- I liked like, it. Oh, maybe I liked we should it a lot. pull the politics out of shit and just tell a straightforward story that appeals to a general audience? I really liked that's not yeah. what they're going to take away from it, by the way. What they're going to take away from it is we need to make 11 of these in five years. <laughs> That's what they're going to take away I from I mean, it. as long as the Nintendo guy stays in charge and yeah. keeps going, no politique. <laughs> yeah, it's very good, though. Like, I loved it. He took wit. It was his first time in the movie theater. He had a blast. I was telling someone, because everyone's like, oh, you know, they're going to be making a Nintendo verse now, you know, and I'm like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, give me, give more me of a, those. Give me a good Legend of Zelda movie so I actually know what the plot to yeah. that shit is. Star Fox. <laughs> Star Fox would be awesome. Star Fox would be pretty cool. Yeah. I'd watch the fuck out of that. But no, yeah, that's the thing is like. Trying to see them fit a fucking Kirby, Kirby story together. Uh, they'll It'd try. They'll probably do like a show, like one of those. They already had a show. Didn't they? Yeah. No, but Illumination will do a show. It was like a Fox Kids had a, a Kirby show. You got to do like a, a, a Kirby show, but the Kirby's are... That's what they're going to do. They're going to do like the Kirby's like minions because they can't talk. They just kind of go, hi, because <laughs> that's all Kirby can say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that, but I loved it. I really, lo- I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. What do you think about the fact that like critics panned it? 
Um, I think weird. Like, it's weird, but I think probably... The critics have been fucking dumb lately. I'm just going to say that. They're like, usually, I mean, they're usually pretty dumb. Um, because the things <coughs> that they tend to love, I... Th- there's rare crossover um, for me. Um, sometimes, like John Wick 4, for example. Critics loved it. It was That movie was fucking awesome. I love that movie. Donnie N was amazing. Uh, Keanu was great. It was a great movie. Um, but movie like Mario, I really, honestly, I think, and it's hard to say because Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has got pretty decent reviews, but, like, the whole Chris Pratt voice in Mario thing set a lot of people instantly were like, I'm going to hate this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I think that that was a vocal minority. Do you? Yeah, I think it was, like, uh, Hogwarts boycott. Okay. Thing, yeah. It's yeah. like three thousand people like to tweet. Yeah. And then those three thousand t- people went around on like Twitch and harassed people, you <laughs> know. And it's like, yeah, get your little fucking lynch mob out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird right now. I think that is the same sort of thing for uh, what's his name though? Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. I th- there's like a vocal, a very small vocal minority that don't like him because they say he went to some church or some shit like that. And it's like, I don't care. He's cool when he's in movies. Yes. He he's a really, I mean, he's really, uh, he's extremely watchable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did go to that church and there's a documentary about that called secrets of Hillsong dropping on Hulu in like a week. I'm actually really excited about it. Who paid for it? I don't know. You think it was Harvey Weinstein's? No, I don't assistant. think it yeah, was. Yeah, probably because she was too busy on making the accolade for Disney <laughs> Lucasfilm. You're starting conspiracy theories now. I'm not starting conspiracy theories. I'm just stating facts. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, and not paying her uh, executive producers, and then they turn around and have to sue Lucasfilm for their money whenever they uh, get. Well, now, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with all those. Sh- projects that are in development like those scripts definitely aren't done yet and that's another thing too with the strike they keep saying like the studios released this thing like a week ago and they were like you know any of for the writer producers any of your work that doesn't revolve around writing like you still have to do that yeah and the producers are like there's nothing about our work that doesn't have to do with writing that's interesting. And so now they're, I don't think, they started cutting uh, deals, like, or they started um, ending, like, pausing long-term deals, like, first-look deals and things like that. Like, David Simon's been writing for HBO for 25 years under contract, and they just paused his deal. Just like, boop, you're not going to get paid till this is done. Hmm. Um, and, I mean, the thing with the studios is, like, they've been around forever. Somebody, whether it's they're owned by the same people, they're owned by different companies, they've been around forever. And uh, they're like, they are like in, they are in control. But, um, and I listened to uh, the Strike, Strike, what's it called? Strike Cast. Um, let me see what it's called. Is it called Strike Did Cast? Did a bunch of writers get together to make a podcast just for talking about the strike? Strike Talk. Sorry, Strike Talk. Deadline, it's Deadline. Deadline produced it. It's called Strike Talk. It's not a bunch of writers. It's Todd Garner, who's a producer, and uh, Billy Ray, screenwriter, mm. talking about <clears throat> the strike. And they're going to do an episode, I think an episode a week, while the strike's going on. But Billy Ray said something in, uh, 
in the last the first podcast, and he said, what we're trying to do with this strike effectively is save the business from the people who own it. Um, and he said the reason is because, like, they – the way that the thing – everything's structured right now, um, there's just – there's so much profit and there's so much money going out, but it's just content, 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 content. Yeah. And um, it's just – it's kind of like it was untenable to begin with, and now it's kind of hit the skids. Um, the DGA's got contract negotiations coming up. Actually, today I think they're supposed to start um, their pre like prep talks or pre negotiations. Um, SAG's got theirs expiring in June, so like all of this is going to come to a head. Um, and obviously, the unions all want different things for sure. I think the DJ and WJ probably have some overlap in what they want when it comes to especially streaming, um, some sort from some form of pay for when stuff sells to streaming. Um, but yeah, it is like when I, when you look at something like Disney and like with star Wars, like it's what, it's that William Goldman thing, right? They did Mandalorian. It was a hit. So they're like, okay, we're going to do like everything in this direction. They gave it to him and it was on an upward trend and then they took it from him and now it's on a downward trend. Yeah. It did get weird there. The story got weird for sure. Yeah. The first season was great. I it, love it the built first up season. to it though, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't remember if we ever talked about this, but like it took me a while to be like, okay, it's starting to get good. Because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like the first few episodes. I was like, there's something goofy with the editing and also like matching the soundtrack to whatever's going on on, on screen. Um, there's just something off about it. I I was telling someone about this. I was like, the music for this scene just isn't working right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like the way season two ended, I was like, oh, okay, no, someone clearly knows what they're doing, and they're doing the right thing. Uh-huh. And then Book of Boba Fett comes out. They undo the end of season two, right? And then season three comes out. And they're like, uh, what if we just did a whole season of filler? <laughs> yeah. Retcon everything. But then it's not a whole season of filler because then they cram a whole season's worth of exposition into like three episodes, two episodes, which is crazy. There's two and a half episodes worth of content. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out of that season. Yeah. But even then, it's like what the show. And it's show, not necessary. No, but what that show started out as. I really dug, which was like, oh, we're going to have a Star Wars following this Mandalorian guy, and it's going to be like an X-Files, like episode, like every week's a little bottle episode, new adventures, yeah. and then you got some thin overarching plot that's kind of there. I'd watch that. I'd watch it all day. But then it immediately became... I just feel like became, they shot themselves in the foot because they could have done so much more with his character, and now yeah. it's become like he's the kingmaker for... Bo-Katan. Uh, Bo-Katan, yeah. yeah. Which just feels incestuous it's like yeah i know that she's a clone wars character didn't need to bring her back yeah uh and that's i mean you have these like articles now with dave filoni or yeah dave filoni i guess but also favreau coming out where it's like yeah all of disney's projects all of their star wars projects are going to be connected in some way and you know like this is just this is incestuous (coughs) as 
incestuous is defined, right? Like it has turned in on itself so much to the point where like you can't get a good story out of it because you're just trying to tie different characters together. What do you think about Ahsoka though? Stupid. It's pointless. What do you mean it's pointless? Yeah, they wanted to redo the fucking, uh, they want to tell the Thrawn trilogy, uh-huh. but they can't do it because they waited too long. They don't have Luke, Han, and Leia, so they can't even do like a... <laughs> <laughs> like, d- they should have made that as the sequel trilogy, right? And just been like, that made, that rather than sense. them being kind of young at the time whenever like Thrawn reemerges... Mm-hmm. Just older. have him be older, like them be older, and then they explain it away with like, yeah, Thrawn's still pretty young because of the hyperspace shit that him and Ezra Bridger did at right. the end of Rebels. Um, so we're going to introduce a couple of new characters here. One of them's going to be Luke's daughter, and the other one's going to be Han and Leia's twins. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that because they didn't want to pay royalties out to the fucking EU writers that wrote that shit originally. Yeah, that's true. Cunts. You can't say you can say a lot of things. Can't say that one. Fuck them. So mad. Why are you so angry? Fuck them. Star Wars. Star Wars is good, but like, so angry. not anymore. It's still good. Star Wars is no. still. Yes, it is. They ruined it. No, they, they ruined it. No, it's all the good stuff still good about it. Like Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith no, is so, it's gone, still great. Dude. Revenge of the Sith is still great. Every X-wing starfighter at the freaking Battle of Yavin had a hyperdrive. There you go. Keep going. Every stop. single one of them could have done a holdo maneuver into the fucking Death Star. They could have. Do it. They didn't do it. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> Why is that? Okay, ready, listen, though. Because it's not how it fucking works. Okay, listen. So, you're going to have to, like, go into post and turn that down because it just broke my ears. Yeah. <clears throat> when when you see, like, okay, one of my favorite things that, that George Lucas did, right, was he introduced Jar Jar Binks. Everybody, everybody hates Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so he That's on record. Him, he introduces uh, him. Everybody <laughs> freaks out, right? I'm a kid, so I think he's hilarious. Right? Yeah. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, like you point. buy the, the the lollipops with his tongue where you like suck his tongue. Yeah. 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 I was super into Jar Jar Banks. I had like yeah. a stuffed Jar Jar Banks. I thought yeah, he was hilarious. Like popsicles. Mm-hmm. So then Attack of the Clones comes out, right? A little bit older. Now I'm like, oh, Jar Jar Banks doesn't have as much to do in this movie, but also. Yeah, they now, got rid of your favorite character. Well, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, I look at him in Attack of the. or in Phantom Menace now, I'm kind of like, oh, he's kind of a lot. He's kind of a lot. But then, full circle, gives Jar Jar's the vote that gives the Chancellor supreme power. Mm-hmm. It was all intentional. No, I think that was them explaining away. No, no, The people don't. hated Jar Jar. No, no, and no. like, well, we have to have him do something in this movie. Otherwise, people are going to be like, why was he there? And then he's just not there anymore. One thing that The Mandalorian does that I hate, and I just want him to do like a horror movie of it, is Order 66 at the Jedi Temple. Just let me see what happens. Why? Dude, they have showed Order 66 in like every one of their <coughs> projects now, and it is always... People living through Order 66. <laughs> it's fucking pathetic. <clears throat> it's true. Yeah, it is. It is always people surviving. They all die. That's the whole point. But Yeah, that's the whole point. They all die. 
if they don't all die, then Vader didn't fall. I'm going to let that music just sit for a second. <laughs> now, okay, to me, the, like... Okay, so like Mace Window, right? They're talking about Mace Window's yeah, probably Mace gonna, Window. Mace Window. <laughs> Mace Window's probably coming back at some point. He has to. They're going to. It's gonna happen. <clears throat> They're probably gonna retcon all the, all the deaths at some point. Yeah. Just bring them all back. Yeah. Lars and Lars and Well, they uh, already did. Ray is all the Jedi. She is every Jedi. I am Jedi. all the Jedi. It's true. She says it. It's true. That's a canonical line. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, she goes, I am all the Jedi. And then she uses both lightsabers and she pushes the lightning back at Palpatine and he, I don't know, explodes or something. Is is she is she the gray Jedi? Here's the other thing, right? <laughs> Have you been watching Visions 2? I watched, this. is it The Sith? Is it, That's like the first episode, Yeah, the first right? episode, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like a, I think it was a Spanish <clears throat> studio. Mm-hmm. That katana curved... <laughs> Orange yellow lightsaber was uh-huh. dope. Uh-huh. What do you think about this idea of bringing balance to the force as having light and dark? Do you have to have both? What's the question? I mean, that's like that's what they're saying now is that like for balance to be in the force, you have to have light and dark. Yeah, uh, I mean, sure. Uh, that's kind of the original intention with like. Them, the Jedi whole completely misunderstanding the prophecy thing. Um, but I don't I know. I disagree. <clears throat> what do you think? I mean, the light side of the Force was always like attempting to live in harmony with the Force, right? So the Force is this thing that uh, is in all of us. Uh, some people can just tap into it to have apparently superhuman abilities occasionally, uh, but you're not meant to abuse it. Um, the dark side of the force is manipulating the force to gain power over life, other people, uh, essentially like conquering, right? Tyranny. Yeah. That is the dark side of the force. So balance in the force is living in harmony with the force. Like that is the light side. Okay. The dark side is a cancer. Yeah, no, I get you that. You don't attempt to live with a cancer. <coughs> right yeah, I mean, if you play, like like I'm playing KOTOR again right now, right? Yeah. All the dark side characters in that, except for, is it Juhani? Juhani? Yeah. Cat girl? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's, like, super evil right up, but then you switch her, and she's, like, bam, full light side. Uh, I mean, she's, like... She's confused Yeah. when she's, you first meet her. Yeah. But if you if you don't, like, she's she is a, quote, like, dark side yeah. person... Well, I think you can influence her into the dark side, can't you? Yeah, again, once you get her. But if you don't play that first conversation right, she fights you, and it's over. Yeah, and you just kill her. You just kill her. But if you play that conversation right, right. And that's the right option. (laughs) But if you you play your cards right, and you have, like, uh, high charisma or whatever, and persuade, when you have that conversation with her, she she will join you, but now she's, like, full light. But then you can, if you're bad... You can like bring her back, yeah, to the dark side. But when you go, I think it's the first one uh, with the whole uh, Sith Temple on Korriban thing. And I always did that, where you just kill everybody, <laughs> like you just kill all of them, every everybody that every Sith that's in the temple, you just kill them. Um, 
And funny enough, you don't get dark side points when you kill them, which is funny. It's an interesting dev choice. Yeah, it's strange. Um, I think you can, <coughs> though. Like, what? if you just, like, <coughs> if you set it up so that, like, you betray everyone. Yeah, I think then you'll I get dark side points. I think you can get dark side points yeah. that way. But if I've, I've always, I always, like, pit the, the master against the apprentice, yeah. and then they go off to the little poison chamber thing that you meet them at later, and then you, like, they're, like, they want to meet you, and you're, like, F you, Sith, and then everybody goes hostile, and you just kill everybody, and then you go out there, but you don't get any dark side points. Um, but the whole thing with all of it, I guess, is that it's always been, like, that's the thing with the original trilogy, especially that was so good, um, was the clear difference between the light side and the dark side. Yeah, like the visual difference. The visual difference yeah. of everything. And, I mean, he intentionally did that. Um, but yeah, I mean, because in his own words, Star Wars is about the, f the fight between good and evil. Right. Meaning the dark side is evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So that you said that they're now, they, they're saying now that the dark and the light have both have to exist for there to be balanced. I mean, is that not what the theme of that first episode was of visions? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like, oh, I have to live in balance with the light and the dark. Yeah, uh, that's no true. one goes, I need to live with this cancer in me. Oh, because then she if hits the button in, possible, in the red. get rid of the cancer. Then she hits the button and the red blade shoots out. She's got yeah. the red and the yellow. Yeah. Is that one curved too? You know, I don't know. The yellow curved one was sick looking though. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of how they've been doing lightsabers recently. Like in the Ahsoka trailer orange lightsaber guy yeah his looks so bad it i hope they clean that up before they fucking <laughs> put that out even ahsoka's lightsaber in in that trailer looks bad yeah it doesn't look great uh, i was watching that today and i was like oh my god what are they doing man <laughs> ruining your like, child some <laughs> shots are really good like the shots with like ships in that trailer really yeah. good but then they were like, oh, we only put like 10 minutes in on the lightsaber so far, but uh, it's probably good enough for the trailer. One thing I want to see them do, which they just, I really want them to do, and I know Favreau would love to do it. There's a bunch of those guys that would love to do it because they're all fans of it. It's like George Lucas used to talk about how big of an uh, influence Kurosawa was on Star Wars, especially yeah. like Hidden Fortress. Um, they just need to go make some, remake some of those in the Star Wars universe. Well, that's what I'm kind of interested to see about James Mangold's because if yeah. it is 25,000 years before everything else, then they shouldn't have lightsabers. No. Yeah. Um, they shouldn't even have proto-lightsabers. Yeah, they'll have nothing. Sticks. So, <laughs> I mean, well, swords. Yeah, they'll have, yeah. Because, I mean, like, KOTOR took place 2,500 years before. Yeah. A New Hope or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and people were still using, like, swords and vibroblades right. and vibroswords and stuff like that. So for them to, I don't know. I'm just, I wonder what they're going to do. Because they're not going to make know. a fucking samurai Star Wars movie. They're going to have, they should. I mean, I got. No, Mif they should. That's what I'm saying. I got they Mifune. should, but they're not going to. I got Mifune on my shirt right here. Sanjuro himself. Yeah, that's the thing, though. It's like with... Well, that story that he would get drunk, drive to 
Kurosawa's house, and then he'd just walk out onto his yard and be like, fuck you! <laughs> they had such <laughs> a horrible falling out. Back into his car, and he'd drive home. <laughs> <laughs> they had such a horrible falling out. And I th- I believe that they came to term- some sort of um, understanding at the end. I mean, they did, because, you know, Mufune came back for Ran after their whole falling out. But, yeah, they... Th- it did, that was wild. I mean, there's like, I watched Godzilla, the original Godzilla, for the first time in a long time the other night, black and white one, the old Japanese one, and uh, I was interested while I was watch- watching it. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is dope. So I'm watching it, and then I was like, I wonder, like, what else was happening? Like, you know, I'm not super familiar with Japanese cinema specifically in this year, but like, I feel like when this came out, it was probably massive. I'll start looking it up. That's that exact same year, uh, Seven Samurai, the first Musashi of the trilogy came out, um, and then Godzilla came out, and they were all Toho Studios. Yeah. And uh, Toho made 64 feature films that year. Good God. And those three all came out at, like, around the same time. And so you had Kurosawa making his, uh, the Musashi trilogy is, Great, also Mufune. Um, and then you had, uh, shit, what's his name? The Godzilla guy, I can't remember his last name. Um, they just kept, th- and they all were like on each other's sets and giving each other help and like yeah, do it, talking to each other about stuff. Um, but you look at it and you're like, okay, those three movies are like ones that I, I have all of them on my, I have all the whole Masashi trilogy I have almost all of Kurosawa's films, all of his samurai films, and then the Godzilla, some of the Godzilla movies, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, those all three came out in the exact same year under one studio that pushed out 64 films, and every single one of them, like, just goes for it. Yeah. Like, they just swing. And now, <clears throat> I'm well, looking had, at... like, true creatives back then, though. <clears throat> they didn't have these, like nepotistic uh like uh, who's the dude that got fired off of writing the ray movie um if you want to talk about nepotism we can talk about a man named uh and i'm probably gonna have a sniper outside of my house after they say this sam levinson is his name Sam Levinson. <laughs> he has the show he does euphoria his father oh, is boy. barry levinson and uh that's all i'm gonna say about that google it kids <laughs> Sam Levinson controversy. Google it. <laughs> Hold on. What's the controversy? There's a lot. There's, there's a lot? lot? Yeah, there's a lot. There's oh a whole no. bunch. Yeah, he's not, he's, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Did he there's meet you someone? Huh? Did he meet you <clears throat> someone? It's not. Ju- it's a general overall. There's a lot of uh, stuff, but I think there's a lot of money behind him and uh, lots of power. And so it uh, things get shut down very quickly. Hmm. Um. But there is, there's a weird growing, uh, like, it's not, it's not growing. It's the same. It's the same thing. There's a group of people um, who have been, whether it's they know stuff or they just make them money or whatever it is, who've been given passes, a lot of passes for a lot of shitty behavior. Yeah. Um, sometimes potentially illegal behavior. Um, and they're starting to not be able to get away with things anymore. Hmm. Um, but he is definitely, uh, 
not not to I've know. never watched any Euphoria, but in my head, every time someone brings it up, I always get there's like a meme or something, and it's like teenage girls in Euphoria, and then it's like them just like deadpan being like, "You fuck me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <clears throat> it, the biggest controversy with that show, and I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I watched some of the first seasons and day is great in it. She's a phenomenal actress. She's great in it. There's a lot of really oh, yeah, good actors. One name. Rue. Uh, that's her character's name in the show. Oh. Um, there is like, there's a lot of good actors in the show, but the biggest problem with it is the, in- the intense sexualization of what are supposed to be high schoolers. That, the older I get, like, I feel like when I was in high school, I would have been like, who cares? But like now that I'm even marginally older, I'm like, are these high schoolers? Why are they all being so sexual? Cut that out, TV well, show. That's the thing. It's like that's and it's you know he's a grown the, he's a sh- the guy who writes it, directs it, showrunner, whatever. A lot of the stuff he likes to do is about the sexualization, like of skins, high skins back in the day. Yeah, right. So like <laughs> when I you're think in the first high time, school, it's one thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> like the first time I watched Skins, I was probably like 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And was like, well, yeah, it's just how things are. And then you're like, you're 26 or fucking I'm 29 now, looking back and being like, disgusting. Yeah, why <laughs> Why was this a thing? And I think we'll probably get, like, it'll get to that point where, like, you know, people will, this kind of content is going to st- start to go away, I think, hopefully. Um, but it's, yeah, it's wild. I don't know, because... Like, there's the other side of it. Like, uh, what was that one show? It was like sexual education, sex ed, or a something sex like education? That. Yeah, yeah. Where it's the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, these are like teenagers, but then there's like, there's useful lessons if you are a teenager and you're watching that. But yeah. And if you're like an adult watching it, you're kind of like, well, I just saw that girl's boobs. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm saying. That's it's like, a weird thing. But the thing with sex education and is, and then you find out she's 26 years old, and you're like, okay, that's okay, I guess. Yeah, no, it's I not. Still feel weird though. And see, that's the thing is the problem with it is, why like, if you're telling the story, like there's there shouldn't be anything you can't talk about, like yeah. shouldn't be anything you could shouldn't be able to say. If you're telling the story, why do you have to see? the actors who are pretending to be high schoolers do the thing. Because boobies sell the show. That's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's a problem. (laughs) Like, it's just a weird part of, I don't know, TV shows, I guess. Yeah, it's wild. It's, It's ridiculous. Okay, so to go back to Visions, to Visions for a second, Star Wars Visions, bring it, bring it back there. You I'm gonna be honest, I I quit halfway through the second episode. Oh really? I wanted to watch through all of it. You just but really then, didn't like it. Yeah. Uh it's not that I didn't like it. It was just like the thing about the force in the first episode really pissed me off. <laughs> like really fucking pissed me off. Got it. So then like I paused <clears> the episode <throat> and I started talking to Shelby and Shelby is uh quote more open minded than I am. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> and I went, 
how much you want to bet every single one of these episodes is going to be either female-led or have, like, their major character is going to be, like, a female. So then she's like, no, they wouldn't do that. And then we, we go back out to the, the episode list, and I'm like, young woman, lady, uh, young girl, uh, his brother whose sister is Force-sensitive. And she's like, see? Uh, that one's about a guy. And I'm like, his sister's Force-sensitive. She's the main character. <clears throat> Why can't girls be Jedis, bro? They can. No, can they not? Why can't boys? Uh, because they're not Jedis anymore. You saw Finn. You saw what they did to him. The Force is female. <laughs> who, who gendered the Force? <clears throat> that was the dumbest fucking thing, man. I f- the thing for me that that really just makes me mad is that John Boyega didn't get to be a Jedi. Oh, he's gonna. No. He's coming back, no. and he's gonna be a Jedi. No way. You think he's coming back? Yeah. For real? Yeah. You didn't hear all the articles about, like, oh, someone else is also in, in talks to come back They're to gonna Star They're gonna have to pay him so, he has so much money, and he deserves every dime. Yeah, right, dude. They what has to, he done since he left that? They need to, he needs to get him up. He's gone to like Antifa here. protests and lost money He's probably. Antifa protests. <laughs> Those were uh, George Floyd protests. I don't remember that. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, the... I don't know. I just remember the articles about things burning down. Yeah, he is... And me being like... He was really good in The Woman King. He was really good in that. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about retelling history to paint slavers as slave liberators? Well, that's... Yeah, that was a, there was, that was a big thing when it came out. It was a really fun movie. Was it? Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. it. Uh, I mean, it's like... I get why they didn't want to talk about that part. For sure. Um, but, you know, it's not like the Netflix thing where they're just, you know. <laughs> blatantly changing a <laughs> historical, changing historical figure. Uh, I mean, it's still not good. Yeah, but we know? do it all the time. Like, Kingdom of Heaven is plays wild with facts and history. and I don't think anyone looks at Kingdom of Heaven as Gladiator like Gladiator does and Patriot, Braveheart. They all fuck with history. I think we're all like... That's not the point of the movie is to give like a historical depiction, right? But yeah. whereas whenever a movie's coming out and all of your like lead actors and actresses are like, yeah, now people are going to know the truth. And you're like, but you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I, I think like co- no one around Braveheart was like, this is what really happened. Now everyone's going to know the truth of what happened with the, the fucking, uh, what's-his-name revolt in Scotland, you know? William Wallace. The, wa- the Wallace <laughs> revolt in Scotland. Yeah. People look at that and they go, there's a guy who stood up for what he believed in. It didn't happen like that, but it's still an uplifting story. It's, it's pretty depressing, but it is good. It's, yeah, it's a great movie. Look, man, <laughs> dying for what you believe in? <laughs> Better than living for nothing. <laughs> uh, that's the, those are the final words that those Ray, are the two Ray, that choices. Ray is going to say at the end of the new the new new trilogy. No, she's going to pull Luke Skywalker. She's going to go, oh, no, my pants. 
<laughs> she's gonna poop poop her force ghost out of she's the poop her force ghost out, and then she's gonna disappear from her robes. How 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 do you think Mark Hamill felt when he read that script? He didn't know. He did not know that he died at the end of that movie. No. No, have you not seen the interviews that he no. gives right after the screening? Uh-uh. He's fucking livid, dude. Is he? Yeah, he's like cherry tomato in the face. Like, he's bright red. He's like, <clears throat> can barely fucking hold it in. He's like, jeez, man on a knife edge. Poor guy. Yeah, when you get home today, like, you're going to have to go yeah, look those look up, up. Because he's like talking through like gritted teeth and he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> no one can't, no one comes to me for advice on set. <laughs> I'm just the old guy. <laughs> oh, man, poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. I've been, uh, I'm trying to think what the last, the last time I saw, I think it's probably been a couple of years since I watched the last Jedi last, but I don't know. I, when I first had a weird feeling about it, I'd watched it like six times in one week and then was like, oh, I get it now. Do you think Ryan Johnson was trying to make something good or do you think it was bad? I think he was sucking his own dick. <laughs> I think he thought that he was writing something significantly better than anything anyone else in Star Wars had ever written. And what he ended up doing was fucking over the entire franchise by torpedoing that sequel trilogy. No comment. I mean, look at the way he writes characters in, like, Glass Onion and shit. Like, they're pompous, self-obsessed, and you hear the things that he has said in interviews just being said by his characters, and you're like... You're a fucking jackass, man. Have you ever seen Brick? No. Brick is very good. Did you see Looper? Yeah, I saw Looper. Looper was good. Looper was mid. No, Looper's great. No, Looper's mediocre. No, Looper's a great movie. No, if you want, like, good time travel story, fucking 12 Monkeys. 12 uh, Monkeys is good. What's the other one? Uh, Back to the Future. A whole trilogy of time travel movies that are pretty good. Time Cop. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I just don't know how to feel about Jean-Claude. Yeah. Why did they make him play the American dude in the Street Fighter movie? <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I never I never understood that either. It is me, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. Oh, hello. My name is Duke. I am American GI. Uh, was that can- <laughs> Was that Canon Films? Was that Canon Film? Canon, no. Canon Films. Oh, I was going to say, it probably came out and they went, this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did you ever see, what is it, The Quest? The no. one with him when he has to fight, like that fight, that thing with the fight. It's like a gauntlet, and there's all these different people from different pla- like places in the world, and they all have different styles Blood of fighting. It, no, it's called The Quest. It's better than Bloodsport. Um, Damn. The budget for the original Street Fighter movie was $35 million. Jesus. That was in the 90s. That was Universal Pictures. Wow. Swinging and miss. Yeah. Swinging and miss. It's around the same time as, like, Tank Girl, wasn't it? Okay, hang on. We're gonna wasn't she also Universal? Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to look 
this up. The Quest. Boom. Jean-Claude Van Damme, 1996. A group of gentlemen of fortune visit a legendary lost city located in Tibet. Their plan is to steal a priceless statue, the Golden Dragon, during the Worldwide Martial Arts Tournament. It's fucking great. <laughs> so they just did Bloodsport, but different? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the best. So it used to come on. There was like a... Um, I don't like that. There was a block... <laughs> there was a block of Van Damme movies that used to play... Um, from like, there'd be like four Van Damme movies and like one of the three Jan Michael Vincent movies that would all come on for, uh, from like somewhere between like 2 a.m. and noon on this one channel. I can't remember what channel it was, but I used to stay up late. It might have been Spike TV or The Man mm. was whatever. Yeah, it was like early Spike TV. Probably, yeah. And they would come on and I would always, I'd be up because I was sick at that point when I was in high school. I'd just be up anyway. So I'd be up and I'd just, I'd watch all of those Time Cop. Bloodsport, the quest, mm. they're all great. What do you think of the Mortal Kombat movie? The new one? Sure. What do you think of the new one first? I thought the new one was really fun. I thought it was good, yeah. Yeah, it was super fun. The whole like intro or like the um The main character didn't annoy me as much as I know it annoyed other people. Yeah, I didn't yeah, it didn't annoy me um, very much either. I was fine. What do you think of the old one? <laughs> the old Mortal Kombat movies? They're <clears throat> the thing with the new one is it kind of just did what the old ones did, but like better. Because they're not. What the fuck? His phone's ringing. That didn't. No, it, it didn't. It did. <laughs> it didn't. Your no. phone rang. The music cut out. And no. The, your phone rang. Oh, fuck. And the whole podcast came. Podcast came to a screeching halt. No, the old ones, they're not great. First off, you're fucking wrong. They're not good. The first Mortal Kombat was a good movie. No, it's a good movie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's objectively not a good movie. It's go pull up the Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's got above a 60% on the audience score. That's all that matters. It's made by Paul W.S. Anderson, same guy that made Event Horizon. All of his movies get panned by the critics because critics don't know what the fuck people want. However, all of his W.S. Anderson, all of his audience scores are good. Uh, uh, You see a little movie called Three Musketeers? What about Resident Evil 1 through 9? You see any of those? Uh, You want to know why they made nine of them? Because one was so good. It was not good. And people kept wanting to see more. Yeah. Wow. Also, it did make 122 million off an 18 million dollar budget. That's yeah, pretty. that's a fucking success story, baby. <laughs> Paul W. Sanderson is. I'm not a. F- he I'm not knows a fan. what the people want. <clears throat> He's a man a of the people. He is married okay. to Mila Jovovich, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. You know their kid is Wendy and Wendy and Peter Pan, right? Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, he did do. Let's see. Mortal Kombat, Event yeah. Horizon, Soldier, yeah. Resident Evil, mm-hmm. Alien vs. Predator. That's an okay movie. Resin- Resident Evil Apocalypse, Dead or Alive, Resident Evil Extinction, Death Race. Have you seen Event Horizon? Yeah. What do you think of that one? Um, a lot <laughs> of people... Jesus. A lot of people <laughs> really love that movie. Yeah. Um... 
I think when I was younger and I saw it, like it really like I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Like this mm. is like really intense. But now looking back, it's not great. It's real fun though, and uh, that's kind of all that matters. Is that it's really fun. It's just a fun movie. It's like some of the old John Carpenter stuff. It's like, well, this is not good, but it's really fun. Hmm. Like Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness is not like a quote good movie to whatever standards that means. But like, I will watch it. I'll watch it all the time because it's just a fucking fun movie. It's a ride. I don't know. I feel like it fits into that like blockbustery kind of vein of movies where you're like, it's what the people want. There is a there's a movie that um, John Carpenter did with Sam Neill around that same time called In the Mouth of Madness, which is probably one of my favorite ones from that time period. Where oh, it's that's like, where he's a writer, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, no, he's an insurance investigator, a, a publisher, and he has to go investigate a writer. That's right. And goes to the town, and yeah, it's, it gets super Lovecraftian, and then at the end it gets real meta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spo- spoiler alert. How familiar alert. are you with 40K lore? Mm, you start talking and I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. So in 40K, you have the warp, which is a dimension of pure chaos, right? It's where demons come from. It's where the four chaos gods, the four major chaos gods dwell. Um within the realm of chaos there's you know like anything is possible you know it's uh, to travel through the realm of chaos you need these things called geller fields which uh prevent the the warp from affecting things in your ship you know uh but humanity uh has harnessed warp technology right to travel through the warp so they can get the different sides of the galaxy in reasonable amounts of time. Um, they do this because the God Emperor sits on the Golden Throne, and a thousand psychers are sacrificed to him every day. <laughs> and uh, his psionic resonance in the <coughs> warp is what they use to center their like navigational fields uh, or their navigational instruments or whatever. Um, also. In 40K, uh, one of the more popular weapons for, like, space marines will typically have, like, bolters of some kind, but also, like, humans will have, like, smaller versions of bolters or bolt pistols, right? Um, How much, if any, of that reminded you of Event Horizon? Some of it. Yeah. 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 Like, I had always heard... Someone on Event Horizon must have been a big 40K fan. And I was like, eh, it's probably people just like being like, oh, there's these three things that happen in the movie. Oh, it's got to be references, right? <coughs> but no. Like, I watched Event Horizon and I was like, there's just too many coincidences. Have, like, you, have, you, ever, have you ever looked it up? Have I ever looked it up? Uh, no, but Paul W.S. Anderson is British. Which makes me think that he would be familiar with 40K if he's, like, a nerdy dude. Um, But, like, the choice of weapon at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. is just too, like, too on the nose, right? Like, 
he picks up a bolt gun. It's not a bolter, but it's a gun that shoots bolts for like bolting panels back onto the ship or something, you know? Uh-huh. It's just too subtle a reference to like, and like everything else, you know, demon, the ship's alive, like all the kinds of shit that people talk about. Like, oh, if you're, if your Geller field goes down in the warp, like these are the kind of fuck ups that can happen. Whole crew gets possessed by demons. Uh, the ship gets possessed by a demon comes alive. You know, just crazy shit. Okay, here we go. Uh, Eisner, I think that's the writer, uh, has been very clear that his inspiration for the film core, film's core concept comes from the warp. And he considers it a, like, strange pseudo-prequel to Warhammer lore. <laughs> <laughs> the writer said that? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, funny. Let's see. It says... Um, Event Horizon depicts an early success in the field of faster than light travel in the form of the gravity drive. That drive catapulted the titular ship into the warp and its crew paid the price. In canon, this would be humanity's first encounter with the Immaterium. Yeah. It's funny, too, because... Uh, if that's the case, it went as well as then could, as well as to be expected. <laughs> The ship disappeared <coughs> for, like, seven years or something mm-hmm. like that, too, which if you get, like, deep into the lore, like, each chaos god has a number associated with them, and seven, I think, is, like, Nurgle or someone. Um, It's just goofy. Yeah, so it says, Philip Eisner's script for Event Horizon was initially compared to a haunted house story in space. Many marked similarities to Ridley Scott's Alien. But the script took a lot of things from a lot of different sources, proudly proclaiming itself a hodgepodge of existing horror concepts. However, above all of those influences, Eisner noted one particular media property as a piece of legitimate and major source material. And that's when he said the Warhammer bit. So, yeah. There you go. Myth confirmed. Ask fucking ghoul. Yeah. God, so dope. I wish... I. I really wish that they would make a, uh, <coughs> I'm dying. Um, Gaunt's Ghost. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. All right. So Gaunt's Ghost is book series by Dan Abnett. Uh, takes place in Warhammer 40k. It's about this Colonel Commissar Gaunt. Uh, he's unusual because commissars are political officers, but he's given the role of Colonel by the old war master, uh, who dies. New guy comes in, younger guy. Um, Gaunt gets given uh, the Tanith first and only at their founding, right? Which is whenever they showed up on Tanith and were like, okay, we're taking a tithe. We're going to make three units of Imperial Guard. Uh, Like the day of the ceremony for them to like leave or whatever. The planet gets attacked by chaos. Chaos. Um... (laughs) planet gets lost to chaos and like with the survivors that they get because Gaunt immediately was just like shit's fucked we're leaving (laughs) and they're like no we gotta fight and he's like get on the fucking ship so uh they he pulls out like his essentially like one unit of imperial guard at this point so 
they are like the survivors of Tanith, and rather than being like the three founding units of uh, regiments of Tanith, uh, they're the Tanith first and only because they're the first and only regiment that okay. will ever come from Tanith. Uh, and Tanith, if you're familiar with that word, comes from like old fairy tale type stuff. So uh, an aspect of their planet was that the forest moved. Oh, okay. And there were these like rumors that like uh, there was a touch of chaos on the planet, you know, and like that's why the trees move and shit like that. Um, but they have these like walking forests. So the Tanith themselves are like these stealthy ghosty boys, right? Which is why they're called stealthy ghosty boys. That's why they're called gaunt ghosts because they okay. they got these cloaks, these camo cloaks that are like their defining piece of gear, and they're just good at stealth. Um, the books end up playing out like a band of brothers, sharps rifles kind of thing, where it's like. They don't really like this new guy that comes in, but then they get this like begrudging respect for each other, or some of them just end up outright loving the dude because mm-hmm. he like has their best interest at heart. Uh, but then it's also like these war stories, you know. Um, it sounds like what would be best for this is for Kathleen Kennedy to purchase the rights, yeah, and make them all women to Gaunt's ghosts and turn them into. Women animated series on Disney Plus where they're all women, where they are all women of color, a bunch of locks. I'm gonna have to uh, wacko, 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 wacko. I have to leave. <laughs> I have somewhere I have to be. <coughs> so. <coughs> Actually, that's kind of why I got excited about everyone being like, oh, what's his name is doing 40K projects. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's actually doing anything, though. Because someone else was saying, I don't know. Who? Uh, The Witcher. Oh, Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Cavill. Mm-hmm. He's a big 40K guy. And yeah, he's, he's doing their stuff. whole Amazon universe. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. Well, I'm. I think yeah. I think uh, based on how The Witcher treated the lore, Dan Abnett. I mentioned that name though. Yeah. Did you know that he wrote Guardians of the Galaxy? The script, the comics. Oh, I didn't know that. He's the one that brought them together. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that until I listened to an interview with him recently. He. I mean, let's see here. I want to look this up because he has done a ton of stuff. Just going to put that out there. Has he? Yeah. But he is also like all of the more popular book series for uh, for 40K. I feel so bad for Henry Cavill. He just wants to make things that have good lore. And then as soon as he gets attached to the thing, the showrunners are like, so listen. <laughs> and then they just got it. What if we did this interesting fan theory that everyone has where Roach is just, every time he gets a new horse, he names it Roach. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad for him because he just, I mean, mean, I'm really mad that they're just going to keep doing it with Liam Hemsworth. Like, what is that? Isn't that weird? What is that? It's not going to last. No one's going to watch it. <clears throat> what are they going to do? Are they going to have him like get all fucked up at the end of the next season? And then it's like, comes back as a different dude? You haven't dude? heard any of the ideas for that? No. So, apparently, uh, eh, 
I mean, I don't know. If you played like games or books or whatever, I guess he he does like die at one point and then gets like brought back from the dead. Somehow. Okay, so that's how they're gonna do it. And so people are saying that him and this other character they both die and then they're like both brought back from the dead and they're saying they'll do that and be like, oh, it's a consequence of that. Okay. Yeah. Which is going to be weird because the other character is not going to change because it's a, a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Where are you going? I got nowhere to go. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do there. You know what the best part <coughs> of Gaunt's Ghost is? What? Uh, eventually, they go to this this uh, hive city for ghast, which, if you're a fan of words, ghasts are also ghosts. Nice. So they fight there for like, a good long time, and they're fighting the forces of chaos, and there's like a big chaos lieutenant that shows up there, and he's like fucking shit up. And luckily, Colonel Commissar Gaunt is there to get shit under control for the Imperials. <laughs> and he ends up winning the day for them. Um, but their regiment gets, like, butchered, right? So as part of uh, this Hive City Vergas being shut down, they offer, like, residents of the, the Hive City to join these different Imperial Guard regiments. And so... A bunch of the like named characters from that book, where they're just like fighting on that planet, because it, it goes through and like shows you the fucking chaos of it all going down. It's like people putting the shields up for the city too late, and like chaos getting in anyway, and uh, like the bombing and like bombing everywhere, and like half of half of the uh, like factory workers, uh, their factories get hit by like mortar shells and shit like that. And so you've got people like crawling out and they're just deaf because they were in a building that got mortared, you know? Mm-hmm. So all these characters end up having like uh, ruptured eardrums and stuff. And uh, they end up like being forced to talk through like sign language and they learn all that kind of stuff. Um, but when they take in the Vergas, a lot of them are women. And so you get this, like, interesting dynamic where, like, half of the regiment's like, ooh, women. And then the other half of the regiment's like, oh, I don't know how I'll feel about women <laughs> fighting. <laughs> and then, like, uh, specifically, you got, like, S- Sniper Master Larkin, right, who's this, like, kind of <laughs> older guy. Uh, and he's, like, the, the best sharpshooter in the in the regiment. And then, like some of these girls start coming up and they're like almost as good as he is to the point where he's like, Oh fuck, I got to really fucking try. <laughs> so what you're saying is, um, previously when I said Kathleen Kennedy should take that over and they should cast it with all women, well, they really, say they really should do. There's that. already women in it. So they should, well, they should just do all of it. No, what they should do is they should make them start as women. So like all of your favorite characters are played by women and then whenever they go to Vergast, that's when they bring in men. And the women go, oh, I don't know how about feel about men fighting. These two, their emotions are too emotional. Men can't fight. They're supposed to work the so field. So you just wanted to flip it. You just wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, but then the men <coughs> prove that they're better. See, you <laughs> <laughs> bridge too far. 
Nah, dude, I will say that that book has like some of my favorite characters out of like any. How any many books, books did he do? Or is it just one? There's like 15 of them. Jeez. Yeah, he's been writing them since like I think the 90s. Wow. And they're fucking good, dude. And because they're all, uh, they're all like vaguely Gaelic characters, so they'll have names like uh, Cormac, and uh, one of the names for one of the uh, scout leaders is McCall. And I think the way they spell it in the book is like M K O L L. Okay. McCall. Mm-hmm. My family who who was Scottish, their name was McCall. Oh damn. M C C A L L. Uh But it's just so fucking funny to me <laughs> that like my name is in this book under like a super future 40k spelling version of it, you know. Uh, and not my name, obviously, but like my that's family's why you love name. it. Yeah. So like my kilt that I have is McCall, uh, Tartan. Okay. Um, and so like, there's all these characters in this book that I feel so fucking connected to. So I've got like McCall who literally has my family's name, uh, Larkin that I was talking about mm-hmm. gets seizures. So, oh, nice. Okay. Uh, if he doesn't take his pills, he'll fucking drop. And there's like a whole story where like he ran out of pills a couple days ago and he's like, he knows he has to take this shot. Right. And he's like climbed to the top of this like bell tower and he gets up there and he's like talking to this woman and she's up there and uh, he's like, he knows that he's like, gone insane at this point and he's like i know she's not here i don't know why i'm talking to you but i'm just gonna keep talking to you and she's like haven't been taking your pills haven't he's like i ran out days ago <laughs> you know Jesus. and then uh he fucking like god dude it's just such a fucking touching <clears throat> story because like he hits the shot it burns out the barrel on his gun and then he just fucking drops and has a seizure and then uh cormac is the one who ends up finding him and like picks him up and like carries him back down the bell tower, you know? And it's like, it's God, man, like those, those war stories, even if they're in like the most absurd, like 40 K settings where it's like, yeah, this guy who worships demons is in control of the city. And then like fucking Larkin pops him from like a half mile away and it wins the fight without them having to like go fucking street to street. Has he actually has he killed any of the main characters in the books? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like main characters die. Yeah. Like there was this one like sergeant that got lifted up and you're like, "Oh, sick." Like cuz he's just such a humble dude. <laughs> and then he gets fucking annihilated and you're like, "Oh, no." <laughs> But he fucking goes out like a champ, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, because it's 40K, and, <clears throat> like, there's an aspect of, like, glorification of war, but it's also, like, no holds barred. Like, well, shit, it's like Viking, shit goes right? fucking crazy. It's like Viking glorification of war. Yeah, where it's like, uh, we have a religious duty to crusade in the name of the emperor, 
And also, these people worship demons. So, so let's kill them. Kill them. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. Where Where did 40K start? England. No, I mean, like, in the... You have, like, the base Warhammer lore, right? Yeah. So did, was 40K, did it just come out of nowhere? Um, It came out of a game... Oh, dude. This is, like, deep lore stuff. Uh... Let me just cut to it. There was a game that they came out with called Rogue Trader. Okay. That uh, Citadel was putting miniatures out for. Uh, they had a bunch of these, like, cool-looking miniatures. They were all kind of weird, and that's where you start seeing, like, Space Marines and stuff like that. Uh, so then they people really like the Space Marine miniatures, so then they make, like, whole lines of Space Marine miniatures. And then they make lore for it. and uh, That's how it came. That was, that was it, yeah. Have you fucked around with any of the AI art stuff? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was messing around with it the other day. And uh, I don't remember the words that I put in the direct. I think it was like Marine in space or something like that. And it just started generating space, like 40K (laughs) space Marine (laughs) looking stuff. Yeah, there's probably so much fucking art for that. So it's probably just ripping from all that. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you... If you ever get, like, a chance to look at the source books for that stuff, the art, the official art for that stuff is fucking sick. Yeah. Because, like, it's big, it's gothic, it's got that aspect of, like, detail upon detail upon Mm -hmm. detail. Like, if you're really looking at a picture, you could look at it for a very long time and still be picking out new details. Why don't you, why do you think, is it because Games Workshop has an open license that they haven't? like had any big projects whether it's film or television or uh i mean i don't know what their gripe is with like putting something big out there i would imagine it's just getting the money to make it right because they have an open license biggest game company in the world games workshop yes yeah weird i wonder why they have like video games uh board games any game they are the biggest game company in the world what video games i mean they're just bigger than anyone who makes video games oh okay that's crazy why why would they have any like Somebody should do like a. It's probably scary for them to be like, yeah, let me give. I mean, they've always been really uh, tough about like handing their license out for stuff, which is funny because it's specifically for like TV and film stuff that okay. they're like that. Because they'll give it to games. just about anyone for video games. Yeah. And you see that with like the tons and tons of dog shit fucking video games they have. <laughs> And then they'll have, like, one <laughs> half-decent one, like Vermintide pop up. Mm-hmm. And, like, Vermintide's a legitimately good game. It had probably one of the best sequels that games ever had. Uh, it's Fat Shark. It's an indie company who recently was, a large chunk of them was bought by Tencent. Mm. So then they made Dark Tide, and Dark Tide had a hurried release. Yep. And so people got really fucking mad about it. Were you mad about it? No. Oh, okay. I I enjoy the core gameplay. The oh, 
what's the fucking word for that? The core gameplay loop or cycle mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Um, I legitimately, I was playing it earlier today. Uh, I've got five max level characters. The most characters you can have right now is five. Um, there's only four classes, so I've got two veterans. <laughs> uh, Imperial Guard veterans. Um, I've got like 370 hours in that game. So so you like it? Yeah. So then you said the license thing where they're real tight with it is just for TV and film? Yeah. That's I don't weird. know why. Like, <coughs> even more recently, they made um, like Warhammer plus or whatever their fucking streaming services. And they've got like zero content on there. Despite mm-hmm. the fact that they went to all the uh, more popular animators from the community that were like making fan projects. And then they were like, come work for us or we're going to DMCA you. Uh, and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, if you ever saw the old Astartes, uh-huh fan film it was like i think all together maybe 10 12 minutes long it was beautiful then they went to the dude and was like come work for us we're gonna dmca you so he was like okay i have no other option here yep (laughs) no but nobody's ever attempted like a legitimate live action anything live action no okay no and that's (coughs) specifically that is why i'm like they should do a Gaunt's Ghost series because it's just Imperial Guard. And every once in a while, you will see a scene of, like, a Chaos Space Marine shows up. Yeah. And just how fucking disruptive that is for everyone involved. <laughs> like, uh... In the Imperial Guard, they are... They're not wearing, like, the big Space Marine outfits. No, they're rank and file. Yeah, they're so they're just normal-looking dudes. Humans, okay. yeah. And they're, like, when they're in wearing gear and stuff, it's just, like, standard... I mean, they're not even wearing armor. Okay. They're wearing fatigues. Yeah, okay. Because they're a, they're a light infantry. Got it. Uh, like a scout kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not big on armor. None of that. Now, in the lore, would the Chaos Marine be considered a... So the Chaos Space Marine is a Space Marine that fell to Chaos. The bad guy. Yeah, he's, he's a big bad guy. And they're, like, in the giant... They're in the... Giant suits of armor. Yep, the yeah. big old plasteel yeah. uh, suits of armor. <coughs> so then that's, that's what you do. Somebody just, need to shoot, somebody just needs to shoot like a 10-minute short film about these Imperial... Well, here's the thing about space, space Marine armor. Yeah. It is impossible to make it look cool on a person, like on a real person. Got it. Like, you can animate it and get it to look half decent, but realistically it looks fucking stupid on people does it yeah like i mean you can pull up the the fucking cosplay parades or whatever yeah, yeah. from like warhammer fest that happened like a week or just two ago just looks like garbage yeah, like the guys in the imperial guard stuff <coughs> look fucking cool the guys in the in the like <laughs> in the big plasteel armor look fucking ridiculous <laughs> They look just absurd. Would it would it only work if they were like built like men from the game of uh, the Gears of War universe? Legitimately, yeah. And okay. they would have to like downsize the armor so it doesn't look like big clunky chunky oh, yeah, ridiculous it does, shit. It does look ridiculous. Yeah. That's like funny. Even the Adeptus Sororitas <coughs> look realistic. Yeah. 
like there is no way to do a space marine realistic and take it seriously because anyone who has never seen 40k stuff before is gonna see it and be like this looks stupid so then i guess yeah then you would just have to do like the imperial guard thing and keep it that yeah and then every once in a while you see like a fully armored space marine like a squad of space marines walks by in the distance and people literally fucking like bow to them because they're seen as angels like they are made by the emperor you know like they are one of his divine works made flesh walking past you <laughs> like that that is the level that space marines are supposed to be operating at in this in this galaxy right um interesting i feel like uh i feel like warhammer there's probably a lot that could be if they, if I, I get, I guess I understand now why, if, you know, with the fact that like live action is hard and those, the characters do look ridiculous in some of the costumes in yeah. live action. But there's got to be like a, like they're coming out with a movie right now called The Last Voyage of the Di- Diameter, Di- Diameter, 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 something. Is it a spaceship movie? No. <laughs> it is, uh, what's it? Hang on. I don't want to get the name wrong. But yeah. I mean, if they do IG, you know, all they got to do is... Last Voyage of the Demeter. Sorry. And it's like this 1800s whatever, or like old sailing ship. Mm-hmm. They're going from wherever, I think, the, from where, wherever they're going to Romania. They're leaving a port in Romania and they're going to London. Okay. And it's this small crew <coughs> and they have like mysterious box on board that they're not allowed to touch. Oh, it's the fucking vampire movie. Yeah, it's Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is how Universal should be doing all of their monster movies. Mm -hmm. Just make it a good monster movie, but it's not like, this is the true story of why Dracula is Dracula. It's like, no goodness, nobody gives a fuck about that. Show me the vampire ripping stuff up. Just do a monster movie. Yeah. You could easily do like something like that in like a like a lost patrol type of thing yeah in a warhammer setting and make it live action and not get well if you're gonna do a lost patrol type thing i would say don't do gaunt's ghosts yeah do the catechins where they're all just rips on 80s action movies that's what i'm saying where you've got like the dudes with their fucking sleeves torn off (laughs) and all of them have the red bandana nice and like Every other one of them is lugging around, like, the equivalent of a fucking M60, you know? It's like Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100% it is Predator. <laughs> That's awesome. It's it's meant to be uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Rambo rips, rip-offs, you know? Like, there is even a character, a Katachin character, named Sly Marbo. <laughs> Wow. Who has seen the horrors of war (laughs) and they were so dark that he no longer speaks. He only screams. Oh my God. So, for Games Workshop. That's an official miniature, by the way. That's insane. That's insane. So, with Games Workshop, um, they're called Games Workshop, right? 
is the name of the company. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're this Amazon thing mm-hmm. is their first foray into full live action, big yeah. budget stuff. Okay. Which is concerning when you think about yeah. Rings of Power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, actively, they're shooting season two with no showrunners and no writers on set. Yeah. Well, can't be worse. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a massive fan, but it's not, it can't, I mean, trust me, it can be worse. It won't be. It can, can, it can <laughs> only be as bad as it has been. No, it can get worse. No, it can't. It, can, it really can't. I do not believe that it can. <laughs> Wait for the next season. <laughs> If it got worse, it would only get laughably worse, right? Which would actually make it better. Maybe. Because it was just sad. It was bad. It was rough. Dude. Tell me that wasn't written by AI. The problem with it is it's like it's one of those, it's another one of those things where it's like nobody cares a shit about this. Nobody wants to see any of this. Nobody cares about no. any of this. No, and also, they did it in the worst possible way. Yeah. There is a way, there is a, f- excuse me. <sighs> There's a version of that show that's good. Um, But not the way that they executed it. And they spent so much fucking money on it. It's crazy how much money they spent on it. Yeah. It's crazy. I look at it and I'm like, I also like wrote the Lord of the Land, R- Rings fan fiction in high school. <laughs> the budget per episode <coughs> was more than most films' budgets. It's insane. I know they got like, how much did Amazon pay for it? It was like 500, no, it was, it was 100 million, something like that. I think just for the rights, they paid like 400 million. Was it? Yeah. And now they're talking about doing new movies. Well, that's someone else. That's uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers talking about doing new. Yeah. You know, they already have projects in the works, right? Yeah. So they've got War of the Rohirrim, which is, uh, I don't know if it's an anime or an animated movie, but either way, it's going to be cool. It's going to be better than <laughs> it's about. Yeah, well, it's about Helm Hammerhand mm-hmm. and. I think it's like a civil war kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure if Helm Hammerhand becomes a fucking ring wraith or something. Uh, that might just be the plot of one of those Shadow of Mordor yeah, games. Yeah. Um, but if he does, like that explains a lot, you know. So as far as like, why are the Rohirrim having a civil war? Well, their king had the ring, and then he was being a bad boy. <laughs> um, so I did hear Peter Jackson say that um, Warner Brothers reached out to him about yeah, they were wanting him to like consult. Yeah, on the new stuff they're doing, which is good. They should. He's the only one who's done anything remotely good with it. Yeah, live, in live action. Yep. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Lord of the Rings is weird too because it's like. Where are they going to take it? Netflix, Netflix, though, that's the thing with Lord of the Rings, though. Like, Amazon's going to do their thing. Um, Warner Brothers is going to do their thing. But, like, Netflix has the rights to all the Line the Witch in the Wardrobe and all the C.S. Lewis stuff. They haven't touched it. They've had it for, like, years now. They're not moving. They're not doing anything with it. 
it's funny because all you got to do is like don't change anything about those. Yeah, just make them. They're just well. Here's the thing though: is a lot of these uh, studios and things they've got like, well, so many members of the cast have to be this gender, that ethnicity, and um, I'm not sure you can do that with a show that's about a bunch of English kids. You know, like you do get to the point where there's like the boy and the horse or whatever the yeah. fucking one is where mm-hmm. it's like, it's implied that he's, you know, middle Eastern of mm-hmm. some kind. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I can't think of everything else is made in like Prince Caspian could be like Mediterranean ish. Yeah. Could, yeah. That whole, that well, I mean, yeah. Whole, Caspian sea. Yeah. You know? That whole thing is like that part of Narnia is pretty, it's really just the first book. That's yeah, pretty dry cut standard. But well, I mean, I think it's like <coughs> how how many of Prince Caspian are there though? You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where where does he live? What's that town like? Yeah, how many of you are there? There's got to be a lot of them, right? He's a prince. That means there's got to be other things, right? Other people. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Don Treader, you could bust that wide open because they go everywhere. I don't know. Silver chair, you could bust that open. There's like a lot they could do with it. There's a lot. And then Susan, she didn't get to go to Narnia because she wanted to kiss boys. It's true. Slut. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. No. Take it back. No. Take it back. She's a little harlot. She was more interested in makeup and. <laughs> Lipstick. Susan retaining is her a queen of Narnia. Creative. And you uh, will not disrespect her name. Her imagination. She's a queen of, once a queen of Narnia, always a queen of Narnia. <laughs> not my Narnia. And that's <laughs> the name of this episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> not my Narnia. Not my Star Wars. Not my America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. Holy <coughs> shit, we've been talking for an hour 45. This hour. is going to be our, our longest episode. Hour 45. All right, uh, well, if you listen this long, thanks for listening. Uh, my name, once again, is Andrew Weaver. With me today has been my my little buddy, <laughs> my little pal, <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> World famous Hollywood screenwriter not true. Isaac Walsh. Not true. Uh, not now. My career is over after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, special thanks to Kyle who has uh, helped us record, and also to the Foundry where he lets us record. And the music is by Carl Casey from White Bat Audio, and he's cool too. And I got a dog at home, and her name is Ash, and she's cool. And